Today, we are back uh, for another Automator Series episode, and I am with Chelsea Jewell. So firstly, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks so much for having me here. I feel very honored. Yeah, we're honored to have you all the way from your side. And secondly, for everyone who hasn't come across your uh, magical vibes, give a quick introduction about who you are, what type of work you're doing, who you're working with, just kind of let people know who you are. Awesome. Well, like you said, I'm Chelsea Jewell. I am a spiritual and intuitive life coach. So I like to work with people, one, to help them recover and reclaim their connection to their own intuition. Mm -hmm. um, but I also work with people in a coaching sense. Um, I really like to work with a lot of digital nomads, spiritual seekers, very just like open-minded people who, you know, I think all of those people, what they have in common is they're seeking something deeper and more meaningful in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really like to work with them with is how to take their life from good. And for a lot of them, like very good on paper to actually feeling very fulfilling and meaningful. Um, mm. So that's one part of what I do. And I also do um, intuitive astrology readings, mm -hmm. but throughout all of my work, everything has a layer of, you know, soul level kind of seeking and connection there that's mm. the, like the thread that runs through everything I do yeah the I really like the focus on specifically digital nomads because I know for me like you often see these images online of on Instagram Facebook and it's like live that dream life by the beach and you kind of feel like you need to live that exact life and you like do it and you're like it doesn't quite feel like I thought it was going to be because you're not kind of really living in alignment with what you value, what you believe. So I'm sure that's, yeah. uh, that's come up a lot with the people you're working with, right? Yeah, definitely. And for myself too, I, um, right now I'm in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and I'm living the digital nomad life uh, on and off as well. But I mean, that's a conversation I have with my coach too, even as I'm coaching people on the same type of thing, yeah. there's definitely like a big reality versus expectation kind of thing that happens when you travel and um, it can be, you know, a very fast paced sort of life. And um, so there's a lot of like readjusting and releasing of expectations to really sort of like allow yourself be where the universe wants you to be is how I see it. Yeah. And have you found yourself working with specific types of digital nomads? Are they uh, men or women or even in specific focuses like digital marketers or computer people like is there kind of a, a thread there I most of my clients are women um I've done like readings for a few men before but I haven't actually had any um male coaching clients but the thread that runs through all of my clients is not so much what they are all doing professionally but it is the interest in like feeling connected to their own intuition mm -hmm. and um some sort of interest in spirituality whatever that means for them so a lot of my clients um like not all of them want to end up doing intuitive or energy healing work mm -hmm. but there is like a deep desire for that deeper level of self-discovery that comes when you start going through your own levels of healing um, 
un like uncovering old patterns and limiting beliefs, all of those types of things. Um, so that's the main consistent thread. And there is that thread too of at least like a curiosity about spirituality and like feeling connected to something bigger than yourself, even though, like I said, what that is may be a bit different for everyone. Mm. No, that's, that's really interesting because the reason I asked was because like, let's say you worked, you find you'd worked with a lot of more like techie people like doing uh, automations like myself or computer stuff or more creative types like those personalities generally are quite different. Like computer people are very logical, very like give me set instructions type of thing. And I guess for them, a transformation could be something as simple as like, hey, be more free to live in the moment. And that's like a big transformation for them. But someone who's more already free-flowing, creative, maybe more in their feminine energy because you're working with women, maybe for them, they, they realize to build the dream life they need they need to be more maybe structured or like realize what their true values are. So I thought that was, would have been quite interesting. Yeah. And I mean, that's interesting. You bring that up too, because um, even though I do work more with female clients, like we all have a balance of masculine and feminine energy within us. And mm -hmm. you're right. Like a lot of the clients I do see, they aren't all in tech or marketing, but a lot of them, um, are more ingrained in their internal masculine energy of like being more logical, more structured. Mm. Um, and that's a really big product of our society and the way we're trained to value those things oftentimes more than imagination, intuition, creativity. Mm. So that's a really big part of learning to trust your intuition is healing within all of us, regardless of gender the feminine energy where that comes from of like trusting that things will flow to you, trusting that you can receive things, trusting your imagination and your creative side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, with the whole digital nomad thing, you can kind of get pushed with that hustle. you got a hustle mindset and that's already very out of alignment with more of that free flowing energy. Exactly. Yeah. And I see that a lot um, with digital nomads, especially. And I think a big reason why a lot of those types of people are really seeking um, a deeper connection to their own intuition is, you know, they're, they have to learn how to trust their intuition all the time when they're outside of their comfort zone in new places mm -hmm. and meeting new people all the time and trying to decide who to trust. So there's, a lot of um, factors that go into, you know, why someone seeks out someone like me for mm. assistance and support and guidance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on that kind of note, so I think people who are watching this and might want to go into like the coaching space or who are just surprised to hear that you can focus just on digital nomads. Like, how did you actually kind of come to this point? Like, how did that journey get started of like, what were you doing before? And like, how come you're working with digital nomads now? Like, what was that like? Yeah, well, I actually came from a corporate marketing background and um, travel always has been super important to me. Mm. I, 2016 to 2018, I had my dream job in corporate marketing. I was working for Coca-Cola 
mm-hmm. their 2018 FIFA World Cup campaign. And I'm a huge soccer fan. I'm wearing the Mexico football jersey. And um, I'm calling it soccer and football simultaneously. But um, I had this dream job. I was traveling around the world for it. And it was an incredible experience. I, I loved every second of it. But I found that I got to the end of that project and it was a really strange feeling of being like, wow, I just finished my dream job. Couldn't have written a better job for me. And I still don't feel as fulfilled as I thought I would. Mm. I still sort of feel like at the end of the day, what I was doing was selling and marketing soda. Um, And and nothing like against Coca-Cola, it just didn't have the impact internally that I kind of expected it to. And that's really when I had like my, you know, quote, quote, spiritual awakening. And I dove really deeply into my own self-discovery, my own healing, all of those things. And I never really expected to be able to, to take this where I was leading other people through it. But that ended up happening the more and more I explored and the more and more I talked to my friends and other people who were feeling similarly unfulfilled for different reasons in their lives. I found Mm -hmm. the things I was learning um, on my own journey were actually helping people I knew. And that's when I decided to become a coach and working specifically with digital nomads. And it's really broader than digital nomads. It's more of the energy of that person who their core value is freedom in life, Mm -hmm. right? Freedom from being chained to a desk, freedom from a corporate life maybe, or freedom in location, whatever it is, um, that's really the type of person I work with. And that came from my own interest as a digital nomad and seeing the similarities in the communities I have been getting plugged into as I travel, Mm. seeing that there are these people who, again, are seeking this freedom and seeking this energy and this feeling of freedom but still maybe feeling some of that lack of fulfillment and still seeking something bigger than what they've been able to connect with so far. Yeah, absolutely. So you say that journey of self-discovery started about two, three years ago when that campaign finished. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was really of, the first... Uh, sorry, oh, sorry. I'm not sure for that. No, I was just going to say, it was really the first time too that like, um, I think my identity had been very caught up in and tied in my work and in my career and my status. Mm. And so, you know, when that job ended as well, there was a bit of an ego death of like, Mm. if I don't have this flashy title and if people aren't seeing me the way I want to be projecting myself, like, who am I? Um, And that led on the whole path as well. Yeah. It was like a midlife crisis way before midlife. He was like, who am I? Like, what am I doing with myself? exactly totally <laughs> yeah i mean so what type of things did you start trying um because it sounds like you were full-time corporate and then you started doing freelancing contracting after the the corporate life but what type of self-discovery stuff were you trying like uh were there various different practices or what mm-hmm. yeah and actually i i went from that job straight into another corporate job but i had a bit more freedom with my schedule after that but um meditation was probably one of the 
biggest things that I really decided to commit myself to a routine of meditating. And to this day, like even as a spiritual teacher, I know there's science behind it and I can't explain exactly like what shifted and what changed or why it worked for me and why it works for, I think everyone who really sticks to a meditation routine, but it really ended up like rewiring parts of my brain. Mm. Meditation and journaling was the other, like I journaled anytime I felt confused or lost, which was like on an hourly basis at that time. Um, those were like my two cornerstone practices. But outside of that, um, astrology was something that helped me really learn more about who I am at a soul mm. level. And that's why I'm so passionate about it still today. Mm. Um, I also, you know, was making appointments with psychics and mediums and any sort of intuitive because I was really looking for someone who didn't know me and outside of myself to tell mm. me about who I am. But I ended up realizing like, I want to be doing that too. So um, I just sort of took all of those things I was interested in and ended up pursuing them. Yeah, no, it's interesting. You mentioned wanting to go to other people because they're kind of a, an objective third party. That's kind of what I found meditation and journaling has been for me. Like I'm a little bit consistent with it, but it's just like when you do it, it kind of stops you in your tracks. Like you don't kind of get carried away by the wave of thoughts. You like actually just kind of face them and you're like, oh, that's kind of a silly thought or like that makes no sense type of thing. And you can yeah. kind of work through things a better, better objectively without getting caught up in the like just whirlwind and spiral of emotion. Totally. I mean, that's what I realized even when I was going through my life coaching certification, mm -hmm. I looked back through my journals and I was like, wow, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was essentially coaching myself through my like awakening and self-discovery journey journey. And you're exactly right. When you journal, what I love about it, especially for those of us who have so much energy in our minds, like so many millions of thoughts all the time, Mm. journaling and meditation force you to slow down all of those thoughts and actually like focus on one at a time or focus on clearing them out in meditation yeah also it's uh, lets you kind of see the lessons like for me it's like you can have these experiences but if you never reflect on them you're not really properly learning from them i found and like sitting down and being like oh that made me feel good or that didn't make me feel good. Why did that not make me feel good? It's like you can properly take away the lesson from it then. Yeah, and I think that's so important because exactly like you said, we can, a lot of times we often sort of feel like a victim to situations and experiences that we go through. And when you pause in meditation or when you journal and really reflect on things, you can't almost like step outside of yourself and step outside of the experience and say, well, what what am I learning from this and how am I going to use this in the future to uh, become a better person really or become a better version of myself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned um, very briefly that you took a like proper life coaching certification. I haven't actually met many people who took like the official routes of getting certified um, kind of how did you find that? Did you find that valuable? Did you kind of take some big lessons away from it? 
I did. I mean, there, one thing about the life coaching industry is it's not regulated, you know, like therapy or something like that. And so really you don't have to get a certification in order to call yourself a life coach, or there's a huge variety in the types of certification you can get. You can go, you know, get a $20 two hour course and call yourself a certified life coach. Technically I went through like a more rigorous program that really went through the course of a year. And I, I personally loved it. I also have friends who are coaches who never went through any training and they feel very confident in their abilities. Um, But for me, you know, one thing, I think a lot of people who become coaches something that they have in common is they tend to always be the type of person who their friends always come to for advice and Mm -hmm. they tend to be very good listeners and very good almost like guidance counselors in a way and I that was something I really recognized for myself but I also found myself um, wanting to relate to like I found when people my friends were coming to me for advice I wasn't always sure how to direct them to find their own answers within themselves. I felt like I was always sort of giving advice or reacting with them. Mm-hmm. And coaching really helped, the coaching certification program really helped me learn how to engage with a client so that they can find the guidance and knowledge and wisdom within themselves. So. A lot of people go to become a life coach because they're great at giving advice, but coaching is really not at all about giving advice. It's about asking the right questions and refining the art of intuitive listening to be able to do that Mm -hmm. instead of really like consulting and telling people what you think they should do. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like doing it for one year you probably also learned a ton about yourself so it's almost like a, a mentorship for yourself as well oh totally and as a part of my program like we had a certain number of practice hours where we practiced receiving and giving coaching to other people in the program and so you receive a lot of coaching as well and you work through your own things in that time as well so it is it's almost like impossible to become a life coach without um developing and growing and up leveling so much yourself in the process yeah i mean even i've found in the work that i do so obviously i focus more on like technology and automations and stuff like that to make people's lives easier but even when i'm working with people which i'm sure it's the same with uh life coaching a lot of people i've spoken to is when you're working with people it makes you also look at your stuff that you're doing you're like oh, I could probably be doing that a little bit better. We're like, oh, I've actually got some of those same problems. Let me kind of focus on that as well. Brings like things to the light. Oh, totally. And I see that a lot in my like intuitive and astrology readings too, is like that is where I, you know, give more advice or intuitive guidance. And I swear like every time I do something like that, there's something that I'm like, oh, this was meant for me too. Like, this is something I meant to incorporate or it's a really good reflection. Mm -hmm. And I believe this of sort of like you were saying, even though we work with different types of clients, our clients are always reflecting back to us some part of ourselves that is asking to be looked at. So 
sometimes it's through the actual like work we're doing with them. And sometimes it's through the ways that our clients trigger us, like, Mm. um, you know, getting rejected by a potential client Mm. that's there as a mirror for us to work on self-worth and self-love. Like those types of lessons have been so monumental to realize. Yeah. It's like, you feel like you've made a ton of progress on something and then a client or a relationship or something like triggers you like, Oh, why am I, why is this making me feel like this again? And I guess I got more kind of work to do. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought I, I thought I had cleared some of the ego around that, but apparently not, not all the way yet. There's a little a hint of a root left or something. So, yeah. so after doing the, the life coaching, um, you were, you were still like digital nomad and you're kind of working online. It sounds like, or at least still in a job. I mean, how did you kind of then go get those first few clients, like digital nomads that wanted to work on themselves? Like, how did that kind of happen? Well, I actually haven't always had this niche of digital nomads. It kind of evolved really organically in the past year, year and mm-hmm. a half while I've had this business. Um, I would say for better or for worse, um, I started out really with a pretty broad niche of just people who were feeling like the spiritual and intuitive call. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was, I think the biggest way I've gotten my first, I I got my first couple clients was through networking and partnerships. I started doing my readings and things like that through um, one of my mentors who trained me in the intuitive style of reading I do now. She has a much more established brand, a much bigger following. And she was getting to the point where she couldn't really take on the workload of doing like one-off client work anymore. Mm-hmm. So I came on under her brand and um, I am listed under her website now and people can book with me her and she gets, you know, a little bit of the portion of the cut from that, but I get the increased visibility and brand recognition. So I, that's how I've grown my brand, but I think it's a really good lesson for people just starting out in any area as an entrepreneur is those, it's still the same lesson we've all learned, even maybe in the corporate life of, it's all about those connections and networking and the relationships that you form. Yeah. I mean, so did you ask your mentor or did she say like, Hey, I really see like you're really good at what you're doing or like, I feel like you really, really resonate with what I'm doing. Did she bring you in or did you ask her like say, Hey, I would love to work under you for a bit under your kind of name. She brought me on and I'm so grateful because I don't know, to be honest, if I would have had the gumption to ask her, or I don't even know if it would have crossed my mind that that was um, an option. So yeah, she brought me on and it really like kicked off my whole business. And from there, I think, you know, word of mouth and referrals is for any like small service-based business, such a huge, huge component yeah. of like how it kind of snowballs. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a good lesson to kind of um, double down on is you said like, oh, I would never have thought a mentor would like I would have never had the gumption to, to ask her. I mean, you're a kind of a, an example. So it's like, if maybe you're working under someone, hey, maybe be a little bit cocky and say like, hey, I really think I could help your students as well. I mean, 
would you be willing to kind of send a few along my way even if you've just exactly. finished training or whatever because it can happen you are an example of it can happen so why not ask for other people i yeah i love that as a lesson and i like if someone took that away from watching this and you know got up the courage to ask someone they know or a mentor or even just someone that they look up to yeah. uh, maybe through instagram or something i would feel so good about that having been a lesson um and i think it's so true there's a lot that comes up when we start our own business and there is all of that potential for like self-doubt um, self-worth kind of struggles and some doing something like that like having the courage to kind of pitch yourself and put yourself out there is even if you end up facing rejection which you probably will multiple times on your journey mm -hmm. uh, is such a confidence booster in and of itself just in realizing you have the courage to make the ask and put yourself out there right yeah absolutely and I, I, like i know for me because i've I've taught a few people, like mentored a few people in regards to the automation and system stuff that I do. And some of them have said to me, like, actually, how much have they said to me? But if one of them said to me, like, hey, do you have some project work you could pass along? I'd be like, yeah, because like it also kind of shows the mentors trust in their own teachings. Like if they're not willing to pass the work on. Yeah. Do they really trust in what they're teaching then? <laughs> that's a great point and that's a great point for anyone who is looking to kind of pitch themselves in that way like that's a good point to use i and i like that perspective um it makes a lot of sense yeah obviously it depends where the potential student is at it's like if the teacher knows the student's not quite there but if it's like hey that person is a super beginner and my student knows enough then that's like a good parent so obviously it also comes down to judgment and intuition yeah like yeah of course. yeah okay so from there um i mean you sounds like you got a lot of your work from like you're saying your mental and then word of mouth and referrals i mean were you doing kind of any outreach or was there kind of any active type of things that way yeah i mean i my biggest platform was social media and still is in a lot of ways and definitely on instagram um, I'm a classic millennial, so I was a little bit resistant to TikTok at first, and I'm still trying to get on board with it. Yeah. Um, but Instagram for me, I also, um, I'm like a natural writer. And so writing blog content has been really big for me. I also come from the world of PR. And so that was one of the first like natural things that came to me was to start pitching myself that way to media publications and podcasts and I got a couple views um, that way, which really helped add some credibility to my name when I was first starting. Mm. Um, I think that's a great lesson I would share with anyone doing their own thing as well or building a personal brand or building a business is not only be afraid, not only to not be afraid to put yourself out there with a mentor and asking for business, but pitching yourself to blogs or contribute blog posts to blogs that have um, sites that have much bigger viewership than yours. Uh, and there's lots of reporters looking for experts and stories out there. You just have to like dig a little bit sometimes to find them. Yeah. It's like if you can make someone else's life easier by being, 
hey, I do this. I see that's what you write about. I already have an idea for the article. You just have to edit and post it. They're like, sweet. Exactly. I mean, that's like a PR best practice. It's yeah. pretty much exactly that and doing the work for them and making it super easy for them. Yeah, it's like you don't have to do anything and you get all the credit. <laughs> like, yeah. In. <laughs> um, I mean, for you, so the, you focused a bit on the Instagram. Um, I mean, what, what type of stuff are you, you putting out? Is it um, videos? Are you doing, like, what type of things are you doing in that regard? Um, I'm definitely, like, wanting to do more video now. Uh, before, what I was, I was doing, and actually I had a, one thing that my mentor recommended to me that was really successful, and I ended up pausing it just because uh, it went for a good amount of time. I did like a weekly post series. I called them Woo Woo Wednesdays. So for the work that I do, it's like the Woo Woo community. But every Wednesday I'd make a post where you had four options to choose between something like pick a city to vacation in Rio de Janeiro, Madrid, Tokyo, Cape Town. And um, the cover image would be like pictures of those four things. And then you'd swipe through and receive your message from the universe based on which one you picked mm. and that was actually a really they were really fun for me to write and to work on they i think the the key about that for me was like having a consistent weekly post that people ended up like knowing me for and coming back to me for mm. i ended up like i said pausing that series because i just like my inspiration sort of ran dry for it and I'm very big on energy. Like if my energy doesn't feel aligned to something anymore, I don't want to keep doing it just for the sake of doing it. So yeah. I might pick it back up at some point, but that was definitely like when I first started on Instagram, first started my business, a really fun thing that people started to, to know me for on Instagram. Yeah. It does sound pretty unique. Like I haven't heard of anything like that, like making it more interactive almost yeah exactly and there's that woo woo element there's even that like um interactive of getting to choose and there's usually like some sort of connection piece to whatever thing you end up picking right yeah yeah absolutely but one thing you mentioned earlier is like you said you're kind of a natural writer that's what you enjoy doing from your side i think that's that's an important thing to bring up and what i've seen mentioned by many people smarter than me and better than me at this type of stuff they say like think also what is your favorite medium like what's going to keep you consistent like if you're not a writer it's probably not best to to set yourself with doing like a writing challenge but if you like video then yeah set yourself with doing like a challenge of uh 10 videos over the next week or something like that just like make it easy for yourself by choosing a medium that you like and obviously yeah where your people potentially are but choose something you actually enjoy yes I so agree with that and I think that's really important and it's something I have learned and relearned as a entrepreneur and business owner is just what you said like follow your own energy and what lights you up because there are always people like well-intentioned coaches and business coaches and experts who have an opinion or statement of what you should be doing like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you really should be posting a video every day 
or you really should be writing a blog post every week, or you really should be doing X, Y, Z, you know, all of these different things. And the reality is we can't all do it all. So mm-hmm. I love that point to just follow like where your energy naturally flows and what lights you up and trust that that's naturally going to be the most magnetic thing for the people who need to be coming to you for your business. Yeah, absolutely. Like for me, writing is definitely like a struggle sometimes, but for me, it's video, voice notes, audio. That's what I really enjoy. It's just, you're interacting, you're speaking. You don't have to like filter it as much. Like you don't have to be as specific with your words. Like you can be a bit free flowy and that's what's worked really well for me, which is why I also enjoy doing these. Yeah, I know. And it comes across so much too, because you can tell like you really enjoy doing these and you do it so easily and so naturally. And I think it's the same way for people who have those interests across other mediums for writing or um, audio. Like I know some people in my space, uh, they're like freebie for their website. It's like a simple audio guided meditation. Mm. And they feel like they don't have to you know, show up on video, but there's power in their voice. And there's even social apps that support that sort of thing now, like Clubhouse. And there's something for everyone now, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to start summarizing a bit, um, what I really what I really liked is the, the bit that you well, mentioned twice that you were kind of in that corporate life and things didn't really kick off for you until you said you finished kind of this dream project and what you thought was a dream job and you realized you were kind of unfulfilled still. I think that's an important thing is just be in tune. Like even if you think you have that perfect job or perfect career, be just be aware anyway. Like does something feel kind of out of alignment because there could be a potential another direction to go. And then what was really cool is the part we were talking about in that you got a lot of your projects from some of your initial work from your mentor. It's like, have the, have the guts and put the ego to the side and be willing to potentially ask people who you think are so much better than you or like, Oh, why would they give me anything? Just ask like, what's the worst thing that can happen? It's, it really is only our ego kind of holding us back from, from doing those things. And yeah, in regards yeah. to um, you obviously ended up working with digital nomads because that was kind of the direction you had with your life. But like, yeah, be aware of like what, what you're doing. Other people might be experiencing some of the same feelings that you can help with, but also let it naturally develop. Yeah, those are some of my big takeaways yeah. from this. Yeah, I really appreciate that summary. You summarized that also beautifully and succinctly. And I think to that last point too the only thing I'll add about um like how my business personally evolved to work really with digital nomads and that like seeker kind of person is um going back to the first point you summarized of just paying attention and listening to myself my clients and what was really resonating mm-hmm. um and kind of like follow I guess letting my niche or letting your niche unfold and evolve naturally based on like paying attention to the patterns of who's coming to you and what they're coming to you with. Yeah. But that's, that's the big thing is awareness, like sets yeah. like maybe once a month, just reflect like, Oh, who have I worked with this month? 
what kind of shared pain do they have? What type of shared experiences do they have or dreams that they have? And start looking for those patterns because if you never sit and think, like with the journaling or meditation, you're never going to take away the lessons or the reflection from these things. Yeah, I love that so much because actually, you know, I talk about all these woo-woo things like intuition and spirituality, but it all boils down to awareness, right? So that's really like, the theme that seems to be holding all of these things we talked about together. So yeah. I love that you picked that up. Yeah, I appreciate that. So for, for anyone who wants to reach out to you and learn more about what you do, or they're a digital nomad themselves, and they want to get some help with these type of things, like what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, well, thank you again so much for having me on here. It's been so nice chatting with you. Um, I'm primarily, like I said, on Instagram, my handle is at Chelsea Jewel, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-J-E-W-E-L. And my website is soulfuljourneycoaching.com. Mm. So that's where I have listed all my services, um, description of my coaching programs, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks again very much for the time. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Automator series as much as I enjoyed having it. And there are two things I want you to do now. I want you firstly to follow me on YouTube get that subscription in because you're going to see all the new episodes popping up in that case and you can stay on top of the series. And the second thing is I want you to reach out to me. If uh, anything we discussed on the episode today resonated with you in regards to potentially taking a jump into an online spiritual coaching business or you really have a business and you're wanting to grow that out and you're feeling like you could be impacting a lot more lives but you don't quite have the time right now, you don't quite have the freedom you wanted and you don't quite have those systems in place, I want you to reach out to me. To no pressure, no strings attached. Send me a message on Facebook, LinkedIn, email, whatever you prefer. And we can just have a conversation and a bit of a back and forth in regards to where you're at, what you're looking for, and how I might be able to help you impact more lives with what you're doing.